Welcome to the Corporate Coven Podcast, a show where we will co-create the future of work in the age of Aquarius, using contemplative career practices and holistic human resources. I'm your host, Jessica Munson, aka That Witch From Work. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that used to be near and dear to my heart, and now I'm actually no longer offering it as a service. I'm talking about resumes. If you've listened to previous episodes, if you're a fan of my work and you're connected with me on other platforms, then you know that I started writing resumes all the way back when I was in actually eighth grade. I think that everyone who took a computer class learned how to write a resume because there's a template for it in Microsoft Word. But I started competing in resume writing in high school because I'm an absolute nerd. Um, and then I wrote resumes for myself. I would help advise other people on their resumes or I would help them write resumes just out of the goodness of my heart. It was just something that I was good at, that I enjoyed doing, and I would help people with. And then in my master's program, um, as part of my internship working in career centers at universities, I got a lot more education and structure around how to write a resume, the do's, the don'ts, the recommendations, the differences between a CV and a resume, the value to a two-page resume versus a one-page resume, um, how to prioritize writing a targeted resume as opposed to a chronological resume. And so I, I care a lot about this topic. And for a long time, you could buy resumes from me. Um, you could, you know, book them with me. And I, you know, started out really, really cheap. Um, and then as I was getting, you know, a lot more clients on it, and as I realized that as a result of me writing resumes for people, they were getting jobs, which increased their base pay by like thousands and thousands of dollars. I increased my prices and then I was like, well, now I'm not accessible. I want, you know, these are really helpful. I want to help people. So then I would like do them for free, but then I would charge for them. And it just became a nightmare. And actually, I stopped enjoying doing it because I got to a point with resumes where I wasn't even having conversations with people anymore. I was just writing them a resume. It's like, send me what you have. Tell me what jobs you're looking at and I will write a resume for you. And people were getting jobs and it was useful, but I really, really missed the conversation. I really missed connecting with someone and working through their resume. But I found that a lot of the clients that I was supporting at the time, they didn't want that. They didn't need that. And so I stepped back and I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but I still feel very passionate about resumes and I still consume media and educate myself on what is trending in resumes, the do's and the don'ts and, and how to differentiate your resume across industries. But I don't offer this as a service anymore. But I want to dedicate a podcast episode to resumes because I have a unique perspective on resumes and how to work with them consciously. And I will be including 
resume as an element of a professional alchemy offering that I will be launching in 2023. Let's clear up a few things first. Do we think that we'll still need resumes? This is a question that I've gotten asked before, and I actually addressed it when I did um, I did a donation-based webinar with a fellow career coach and resume writer um, on resumes and how to write a good resume and what to avoid in writing a resume. And this is something that we wanted to address. Do we think that resumes will always be around? Or is it turning into a business card where maybe you still see it, but it's much less popular because now we have things like LinkedIn and so much hiring is done through networking that will we always have resumes? I think so. I think so. And this is why your resume is always going to be evidence. It's proof. It's a technical document which outlines that you meet at least the minimum qualifications of a job listing um, and then shows where you like meet the preferred qualifications or even like go beyond some of the job description. And the reason why resumes are valuable, even if you are hiring someone's friend or family into the organization and you know that you're probably going to hire them anyways, again, the resume is evidence of your qualifications and therefore will be used to determine the salary range that you're hired into. And I actually believe that everyone should always, always, always have an updated version of their resume because you never know when opportunity will knock on your door. You'll never know when you will meet someone through chance or someone will like find out about a job listing and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, my friend is perfect for it. Let me reach out to them. This is usually like also why I had clients that were less interested in having conversations with me and building their resume is that they wanted it immediately. It's like, no, a job just barely came online and I want to apply for it right now. Or I just got approached by a recruiter and they want me to apply and I need a resume right now. So they didn't want to take the time to really develop a document to help them in their career, they just needed something to send the employer. And so it was a rush job and there wasn't a lot of like intentionality going into it, but it was still very, very important, even though they knew the person hiring, even though they kind of knew that they like were a shoe in for the job, um, it was still vital that they had the proof. They needed the evidence. And again, your employer uses this to determine the salary range that you're getting hired into. And so I think that resumes will always be relevant. I think that they'll always be necessary, even as the standards of hiring continues to change. This is really one of those key pieces in the hiring process where employers can also have evidence on their end that it was um, like a, a fair hire. It was a justified hire. Um, that it wasn't an unfair hiring practice. Like, you know, it wasn't just because they were my friend. They were also very qualified and we liked them. And so I think it's going to be a very important and an established, like a longstanding piece of the job application process. So I think this is really relevant and timely. I don't care where you are at with your career, if you're currently in job search or not. I think that everyone needs a resume. I think that everyone needs an up-to-date resume. And I'll give you some tips on how to do that in this episode. Um, but I think that we're always going to be using resumes. Exactly how we use them could change. The trends in resumes could change, but ultimately we'll always need this piece of paper or this, you know, piece of, you know, electronic, uh, paper, uh, either way it is, we'll always be using resumes. Now, 
something that I've been talking a little bit more about recently, and I made like a TikTok about this actually pretty recently. So go to my TikTok, That Witch From Work, and, and find this video. But I talk about how resumes are spells. I have a previous episode about words are spells. And in that episode, I'm pretty specifically talking about employee engagement surveys or employee listening efforts and using your words consciously. But this applies to a resume as well. If you think about spell work, if you think about the difference between having a thought versus writing it down and writing it down with intention and being very mindful about your language, anyone who has worked in manifesting knows how important your language is, right? The nuance between abundance and prosperity. For example, for anyone who's who's worked, that happened to me one time. I did an abundance spell. What I really wanted was a prosperity spell. Um, and so the the importance of your words, the importance of language, and the importance of the intention that you're putting into it. But writing something down is so critical. Um, and it and it it provides like a weight, like a value. Um, it becomes more important when you take the time to write it on pen and paper, right? And so this is true for your resume as well. If you're out there trying to manifest your dream job, if you're out there trying to, um, you know, really find yourself in a career where you feel fulfilled, where you derive a great sense of meaning, where maybe you even get to explore your purpose through that and get a fair exchange for the service that you're providing. This really starts with your resume or the resume is at least an important tool in this process. But if you approach it with a negative attitude, if you engage with it without any intention, if you um, contribute to it in a very generic way, well, then this would be the same thing as like trying to manifest or trying to do spell casting, right? You can't expect a really successful outcome without really putting effort into the process. But I get it. A lot of people are really uncomfortable when they approach resume writing because they don't have education around it or they don't have a great sense of confidence in themselves and in their skills. And so it's it's uncomfortable. And you go and you find just a general template and you fill in the blanks and you hope it's good enough. And then you just send it out to a thousand different jobs and wonder why no one's calling you back. Does that sound familiar to anybody? So we would never engage in ritual in this way. We wouldn't engage in casting in this way. And really, you shouldn't engage in job search in this way either. So, like I said, in this episode, I want to give you some insight, not only in how to construct a resume, a few tips and tricks on how to maintain your resume, but I also want you to transform the idea of your resume. I want you to step out of, this is a required technical document that you know employers demand from me and then they make me type it all into a form anyways. And move back into the mindset of this is my opportunity to invite magic into my career. This is an invitation to transform my career into something meaningful that I move through with intention. This is my opportunity to create and invite the energy I'm trying to seek out. This is my opportunity to begin the vibration and allow the universe to return that to me. So let's talk about writing a resume, okay? The bones of it. What are the bones of a resume? Firstly, I am an anti-template person. I know a lot of resume writers that do use templates, and that's fine because that's their job. 
they work with a specific clientele so they know that a certain style works for all of their clients across industries. They're also the owner of the template and so they know how to edit things when the text goes wonky, when the margins are out of line or something like that. But if you are just a regular guy or gal or whatever working through job search and trying to write a resume, I am a very anti-template person. You can do all of this in Microsoft Word without any special template. You don't need any like particular formatting. Um, this is very easy just to set up. So I'm recommending right now that you move away from a template um, and you just create a document in Microsoft Word. So it starts with your name, right? Your name goes at the very top. And one of the most consistent feedback or um, edits that I provide to people when working with their resume is that their name is too small or it's not bolded or there's not enough attention added to it. Now, there's some uh, mystical reasons why you want to have your name be a very important piece of your resume, but there's some psychological reasons as well. And if you think about what is the most important thing that the recruiter or hiring manager needs to remember from your resume. It's what your name is and how to get a hold of you. Because if they really like you and they want to interview you, then they need to know what your name is and how to get a hold of you. It's critical. Anything that they read after that, they need to be attaching to your name. Your name is important. Okay? Some people out there that go by preferred names and not legal names. This is also true for um, anyone who is trans and um, has a different name or pronouns that they go by. It's really, really important that you put your preferred name. When you do background checks and stuff like that, that's when you give them your legal name and that's when you can have the conversation around preferred or legal. Um, but on your resume, make it your preferred name and make it big. Make it clear to see. And actually, I think that a standard font size, I think that the smallest that I've gone is 18 and I've gone up to 36 just depending on the rest of the resume and how well everything's fitting on the document. I also use narrow margins um, as opposed to the standard one inch. But you want your name to be big, you want it to be visible, and you want it to be clear. And this will instantly give you a sense of pride in yourself. Okay, and this is why you can use your preferred name and you don't need to feel obligated to use your legal name if that's not what you go by. And it also doesn't represent your um, identity expression or gender expression. Okay, you can use your preferred name because, again, they're going to call you. They're going to call you and say, hi, is this so and so? I want to set up an interview. So you want your name big. You want it bold and you want it clear. All right. And again, let's think about the intentionality behind this. I have done this in workshops with people where we have a practice of introducing yourself and you would say, you know, okay, like look to the person next to you and introduce yourself. And they're kind of like, oh, you know, hi, my name's Jessica. And then you say, okay, now I want you to look at this person again. And I want you to introduce yourself as if you were someone important, as if you were someone that you needed, that they needed to remember and things change all of a sudden. Then you look at them and you say, hi, my name is Jessica. And you say it louder. You say it slower. You make it easy for them to repeat back to themselves, especially if you do have a name that is unique or less popular or has a different pronunciation. Um, then you really want to say it clearly so they understand how to say it back to you, right? Pretend like you are someone important. In fact, 
What would it feel like to adopt the idea that you are somebody important? You are somebody that they need to remember. Your name is worth reading in big, bold letters, okay? So make your name big and make it stand out. And then make your contact information very clear. A lot of people are like, oh, should I put my address on my resume? No, you don't need to. In the past, the address was really important because um, you need, you know, they would make decisions on whether or not you lived close. Um, they would use that information to run background checks. Now, if you're doing a background check, you're going to be filling out an online form where they get all that information from you later. You don't need to include it anymore, especially if you're looking at remote roles or um, like where I live, it's super normal to have an hour long commute. Almost everyone has like at least 30 minutes, but up to an hour, or even over an hour long commute to the office. So they don't care as much about that anymore. Okay. You shouldn't be applying to jobs that are really, really far away if you're not willing to drive that far. So you want to make sure that you have your email, make it a professional email, no monkey butts at Hotmail, okay? You want it to be a professional email account, one that you do check regularly. Have your phone number on there because again, they're going to be calling you to set up an interview and then put your LinkedIn profile or put your website. Any people who are out there and there are designers or they're in consultants consultants, put a link to the body of work, your electronic work or your portfolio in some way. Um, otherwise, you really you don't need to put your address on there. OK, but again, you want this to be visible. You want it to be bolded. You want it to be a little bit of a larger font than everything else on your resume, because these are the most important things. They could read your entire resume and love you. Don't make them work to figure out how to get a hold of you. OK, this is the psychology piece of it. We we instantly are going to read what is bolded. We're going to read what is biggest. Our eyes will naturally be drawn to that. So lean into that energy, okay? Now, this is what we call your header. Now, to be clear, if you are someone who has a two-page resume, you don't need your header on both pages. However, if you are writing a cover letter or if they are requesting references, that's a separate piece of paper, that's a separate application material, you're going to use the same header on all of your documents, so there is consistency in the reader experience. Okay, so this is your header now. You get to use this on every single piece of paper that you use to apply. The next section, for me anyways, is always the professional summary. And now this is a part that a lot of people don't include. If you are still putting an objective on your resume, cut that shit out. <laughs> Your objective is obvious. You want the job. You want the internship. You want the opportunity. We don't need it anymore. Get rid of it. Okay. This isn't about asking someone for something. This is about conveying the value that you're bringing them. All right. So professional summary is next. Now, this is the area where you're being strategic in two different ways. The corporate side of me, all right, my Capricorn side of me, is like, this is how you look at the minimum qualifications and you let them know in this very first section that you meet all of the minimum qualifications of the role. You don't wait for them to try to read through all of your different experiences and hopefully they're not bored and they see it in one of the you know bullet points under one of your jobs. You bring it all the way up to the top. You use this section because this is where you have their attention, okay? The average recruiter spends like six seconds looking at a resume before making a decision about the screening process. Six to 10 seconds, okay? So this is your hook. This is how you let them know that they are committed to your resume and that you are someone that they wanna follow up with. 
And you do that by prioritizing, communicating the minimum qualifications. They they say that they want someone with three plus years customer service. Then in your professional summary, you say three plus years experience in customer service. Don't feel like you need to like be really artistic and say it in a really unique way. Like use plain language. This is what you're asking for. This is where I meet the minimum qualifications or some of the preferred qualifications. All right. The rest of the resume is proof. It's evidence and it's outcome. But in the professional summary, you're just borrowing that language. All right. You said you wanted this. Good news. I have it right up here. Easy where you can find it and see it right out the gate. Now, the Aquarius side of me, the coven, the witchy, the mystical side of me also thinks this is a very, very, very crucial section to spend a lot of time in. This is really where the spell work, I don't want to say begins, all right, but this is where it really comes into play and where you get to be very thoughtful with the language that you use. Part of this is a copy and paste, right? Part of this is you asked for this, I have this. But you also want the language to be interesting. You want it to be engaging and you want it to be embellished, if you will. So I like to think of positive affirmations. All right. If you have had an affirmation practice in the past, then you know what I'm talking about. If you've never done this, I encourage you to try it. This is where you write things on your mirror like, I am powerful. I am beautiful. I am healing. I am worthy of my dreams and my desires. Okay. These affirmations are so important because when you say things out loud, your brain follows along and starts to believe that it's true. This is the, we create our own reality. Okay. This is that section of our life. So treat the professional summary as a way to prove your minimum qualifications, but also as a way to add professional alchemy, to add professional affirmations to this. What are things about yourself that you believe to be true or that you desire to be true when it comes to a career or a professional environment? Some things to include are elements of your character traits. And this is where I love, love, love incorporating your natal chart in your professional branding. Sometimes it's really hard for us to get an idea of who we are or what our skill sets are or what our personality characteristics are that we can be calling out. And astrology is such a useful and fun and creative and also objective way to get some of this information about us. And actually, again, find me on TikTok. Okay, y'all go follow me on TikTok. Every now and then I'm embarrassing and very cringy, but every now and then. I do something really fucking cool. And this is one of those times where I actually had people in the comments leave me their big three or some of their career placements. And then I pretended to be them. And I did the tell me about yourself. And I actually answered based on what I know about those zodiac signs or about those placements. Okay. So you can do this in your professional summary. If you're really comfortable with your chart, your human design, your Enneagram, your MBTI preferences. But I think that astrology just encompasses like the majority of that. Um, and this is where you start to pull out some of those character traits. All right. So this could sound like, for example, highly collaborative and communicative professional with four plus years initiating projects of continuous improvement across call centers. For example, right? So this is where you got some of that, like, okay, like this is the number of years you're requiring. This is the environment that you asked me to do it. But here are elements of myself, right? I'm collaborative. I like to communicate with people. 
All right. I have my moon in the third house. Um, and you know, the continuous improvement, the process oriented Virgo. So this is where you can take a little bit of your chart and you can actually bring it into your professional summary as your own professional branding while still bringing in those elements. This feels so much more authentic and unique than something stale, like seeking to improve procedures for tech companies where I get to use my skills, which is like what a lot of people write in objectives, right? And it's stale and it's a little bit boring and we want this to be personal to you. And again, when you, when you treat it as like an affirmation as well, this is where you get to reiterate the things that you love about yourself. Use the things that you really love about yourself, that you admire about yourself, that other people recognize in you. This is also where I love using the strengths in the natal chart, right? What are your strengths? Where are those coming from in your chart? And now if you're familiar with some of like the buzzwords of those zodiac signs or those planets, you get to just borrow from that. And it's like a, it's like a mad libs <laughs> or something like that. Just like fill in the blanks with what they're asking for and what you know to be true about yourself. But you want to feel a sense of ownership because you, you want to believe it. All right. And this is also where it's a bit of casting. This is where it's a bit of manifesting. All right. You're not just using buzzwords from the employer or the industry that actually comes down more into your bullet points In the professional summary. You just want to describe the things that you love most about yourself and that you believe to be true, but maybe even beyond that, like, I really want this to be true about me, but maybe I'm insecure about it because maybe I haven't gotten good feedback about it. Um, or, you know, something like that. Like maybe other people don't recognize this in me, but I love it. And I want to be with people who recognize this in me. I want to be environments where this is celebrated about myself. That's what you're putting in the professional summary. Okay. And you want this to be three to five sentences. Um, I think that the uh like the more advanced you are in your career and if you are like applying for like director level type positions then this can be a little bit longer um because again you're really trying to convince them like who you are and what you're good at and that you meet the qualifications if you're in more of like entry level positions and this doesn't have to be like as long um, especially because you probably don't really have like a ton of clarity around yourself or the minimum requirements aren't as strenuous or as long, you know, there's not as many checklists that you need to do. Um, but you want to do those things. Similarly, um, you don't necessarily want to talk about job title, but you might start talking about midheaven type things or 10th house type things. So if you've had a reading with me, um, a vocational astrology intensive or a midheaven special, then you know how I teach about the midheaven. This is where you start incorporating some of this ideology. What is the environment? What are the problems that you want to solve? But in a really general and um, open-ended way, don't get so specific. Like you don't need to put your current job title in there, especially if you're someone who's moving through career transition, for example, and you're jumping industries or you're changing the nature of your work, then avoid using job title really think about like what are the overall problems that i like solving for people after here it really just depends for some people your education section is going to come next um, for other people it might be instantly into your career highlights not everyone is going to have career highlights though right other people we're going to dive right into your professional experience and we start actually listing out like your job titles and the different things that you did and how long you worked there so this is where the style of resume that you're going to be writing is very unique to you and what you're trying to do with your resume. Um, 
but I'll give you some tips on writing the actual bullet points for your experience. And this is true for your professional experience, your volunteer experience. This is true for your leadership experience, whatever other like sections you're putting in your resume. Here's the best way to write your bullet point. So when you're writing the bullet points on your resume, I want you to think about the STAR method. This isn't exactly how you will write it, but you need to have a conversation about your work with someone before you start writing your bullet points anyways. So as you are starting to think about your work, I want you to use the STAR method. Talk about like the situation, okay? What are some things that you, I'm gonna use, like I I worked at, um, I worked at a snow cone shack. This was like one of my very first jobs. So what was the situation? Well, I was like a singular employee um, working at a snow cone shack outside of a popular um, Jeep rental place. They also did Hummer tours and like river guiding and stuff like that. And as people would, as tourists would be done with their trips and they would be taken back to the central location where they parked, I would sit outside and it would be hot. And if they wanted a snow cone, they could cool down and I would make them a snow cone for them. Okay. So that's kind of like the situation. That's how I was working there. I worked by myself. I managed the till by myself and all of that stuff. Okay. Well, what was the task? It was to make snow cones. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> it was, my, my task was to make snow cones and to process like customer payment in exchange for the snow cone. What was my action? All right. That's the S T A. What was my action? I would, do the actual like making of the snow cone, which included, I had to pick up the ice. It was a big block. I had to like um, break the ice into an appropriate size. I would put it on the blade. I would make sure that the blade was spinning at the right speed. So that way it was shaving the ice at a way that it would like, you know, melt and not get too like crystally or icy or whatever. And then I would ask the person like what flavors they wanted and we had a menu and I would make recommendations or they could do a custom one and I had to know exactly how much flavoring to put on the ice so that way it wasn't too messy or that it wasn't like dry at the bottom and there was no more like flavoring down at the bottom of the snow cone and then I would hand it to them um, they would give me money I would give them change and I would also have to keep my workstation clean. I would have to make sure that the ice was like stored in a cool place. I would have to clean up any of the flavor spilling so we didn't get bees. Um, those, those are, those are my actions. Those are things that I did. Okay. R, what was the result of that? The result was that the customers were happy, they were cooled down, that we had a clean workstation that was inviting for people to come to, and I got to build like cool relationships with the tourists and help them feel like connected to, you know, the snow cone shack and you know they would want to come there again type of a thing. And then this is a really sneaky one, R squared. I learned this in my master's program from my professors. You do two R's the results. And then the second R actually stands for relevance. How are those results relevant to the experience of a next employer or a job that you're applying for? Why would they care about those results? Like, do they have similar problems that you're solving for them? Do they require similar skill sets? Like, why would they care about that? And you want to write this in a way that is relevant to a future employer. And so for me, this was really timely because after I worked at the snow cone shack, I got a job at Subway and I was a sandwich artist, which is also such a fun job. Um, and after that, I moved into, you know, I moved across like different food industries. And so the idea of keeping workstations clean, handling food appropriately, um, processing customer payments in exchange for the food, all of these things were very relevant to a lot of my other employers. And so that R squared is really, really important. 
And this is why I think that you need to talk to people when writing a resume. And even the resume writer gets a lot of value from talking with you. And when you have the conversation about your work experience, frame it in this way. Do the star with the R squared. Talk about it in that way. And have someone take notes for you and write things down. And it's really useful to do this again with a professional like myself. I just flipped my hair, but you couldn't see it. You can do this with a professional like myself. You can do this with someone that you trust, a friend, a family member, a roommate, whatever. Um, but tell the person to approach it as if like they've never done this job before. You want to get really good details. Saying things like, well, I process customer payment. It's like, well, how did you do that? Because for me at the snow cone shack, everything was cash. Everything was cash. I didn't have a card processor. This was back in like the early 2000s. We didn't have card readers. We didn't have the squares or anything like that. Okay. A lot of people just used cash. When I went to Subway, it was a combination. It was cash and debit cards or credit cards or gift cards was a big one. Right. Um, and then, you know, we, we move beyond that. It's, you know, all these other things. And so you want to have people that will ask you the questions of like, well, how did you do that? And then I love asking this question. What was hard about that? For example, for me, what was really hard for me about payments and cash is that I am really crap at basic math and I don't know how to count change back. It was so impossible for me to understand like how much change someone would get back. And it was so embarrassing because I'm like this young girl that like is embarrassed that I'm not very good at simple math and I'm not really good at like currency, especially when I would have people that would come in and they would try to use, um, like it was a tourist town. So there were people from tons of different countries and we had language barriers, which I was actually really good at figuring out how to communicate with someone that didn't speak English. What I was shit at was trying to understand whether or not I could accept their money and what the exchange rate was and like, and how to navigate that. And so you want to ask a question like, well, what was really hard about that job? Yeah, it was really hard when there was, you know, a big tour getting back all at the same time and there was tons of people all standing in line and I would run out of things or it was really hard when I was trying to count back change to someone, but I really didn't know like how to do that. And then you follow up with the question of, well, how did you overcome that challenge? Well, I would ask for help. I would be really friendly and they would be patient. I would, you know, thank them for their patience. I would prioritize the relationships and building rapport. I would emphasize the fact that I was a preteen, that I wasn't supposed to be really good at this stuff yet. It was my, my first big girl job where I got like, you know, pay slips and stuff like that. And that's how I overcame it. And that makes a lot of sense since I referred to myself in my professional summary as someone who was highly collaborative and communicative, right? That's true. That's, that's how I overcame hard things is by leaning into those strengths, by really honoring those parts of my chart um, and leaning into what I'm already really, really good at. And people liked that. Okay. So this is like the conversation that I think has to be had before you start writing your bullet points. Now, when you actually start writing them, you've already practiced talking about this. All right. And you've already been able to draw out your own professional branding. You've already identified what your strengths are and therefore what you really want to emphasize because ideally in career, we're looking for even more opportunities to use our strengths, right? So we want to be clear at what those are. Um, and now you write your bullet point and you always start with an action verb. Now you can do a combination. You can use the action verb that is true and authentic to you. You can also try to align your action verbs with the ones that you read in the job description. This is different than copying and pasting them onto your resume and using white font so no one can see it. Don't do that. 
such a waste of time and it doesn't doesn't make any sense but if they're using words like you know innovate spearhead strategic then you can invite that language into your bullet point it has doesn't have to be the first thing that they read right it doesn't have to be your opening statement but you can start including that but you again you also want it to be authentic to you so in my you know if again if we're writing jessica's resume from when i was like 12 years old then it would be you know um communicate and build rapport with tourists like completing their trips and explaining the menu options to them that would be number one right um it would also be uh creating custom snow cone flavor combinations and ensuring that snow cones were built to the appropriate size based on the customer order it might also be um process and then like receive payment and count back change accurately or something like that you know keeping like a till box and it would also be like maintaining a clean work environment um by you know wiping down counters making sure that the ice is kept in the refrigerator and like picking up any napkins that might have blown away or something like that right so you start with an action verb, maintain, communicate, create, um, process. So start with action verbs. And the value of using language that is in the job description is that it's going to be familiar with the person reading it, okay? If they want someone who can communicate and you say, I communicate, then they're like, oh, perfect. This is clear. This is clear what they're doing, right? Um, but the the trick with this, right, and this is what's really like cool about having these conversations prior to writing your bullet points is that now you've actually practiced for your interview as well. So now when they say, tell me about a time that you had to deal with someone that was, you know, tell me about a time that you experienced diversity at work. And you can say, yeah, actually I would work in this, you know, snow cone shack and I supported customers from all around the world. And they spoke a ton of different languages and they had different um, cultural preferences and I had to be able to adapt my style of service and the way that I communicated with them depending on the person that I was working with and sometimes it would be back to back I would have one group that were all Chinese and spoke very very little English and then right after that I would have um, you know people who were speaking Spanish and they could speak a little bit of English and I was trying to work with them in a different way and I would really have to adapt my style to really honor their you know needs and make sure that I was you know taking care of them and building a relationship with them and so because you've already talked about this with someone else and put it on your resume now when they ask you that in the interview you know how to talk about it and you've already practiced talking about it in a way that highlights your strengths all right this is also more of that like manifestation piece we want to find ourselves in jobs where we feel a great sense of competency where we feel like we're doing a good job and you do this by making sure that you're applying for positions that are aligned with what your values are and also help um, identify what you're good at the best leaders really prioritize finding out what you're good at and trying to give you as many opportunities in your role to employ those strengths as possible right so initiate this in the beginning and again if you think about your resume as a spell if this is what you're writing because you're trying to attract more of this into your life right be really clear about who you are up front be really clear about what you like to do before you even accept the job offer 
All right. Highlight what you're really, really good at and practice talking about what you're good at. Write your professional summary as an affirmation of that which fills you with life. And now it's going to be easier as you're looking at job descriptions and you're trying to determine whether or not you want to apply because you're going to notice the language that matches. It's not just about writing your resume to match the job description. It's about finding job descriptions that also match your resume. You know what I mean? All right, I'm belaboring the point. We're getting a little bit away because I just love resumes and I could talk about this all day. And I really do love writing resumes, but I don't like writing them unless I'm having these conversations with you, which is again why I stopped offering resume writing services on my website. I've stopped taking clients because they, they weren't working with me in this way. And I really wanted to invite more of this like, you know, this, this alchemical process into it. It's really about transforming your relationship to your career and using your resume as a tool in that process. That's really what your resume is. It's a tool to create magic at work. All right. So um, if you are interested in this, if this was exciting to you and you would love to work with me on constructing your own resume, then keep an eye on my website, connect with me on my socials because I will be offering this as part of my professional alchemy courses going forward in 2023. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're looking for more ways to work with me, be sure to check out my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to keep an eye on my current offerings and sign up for the Corporate Coven newsletter so you can be the first to know about exclusive offerings, discount codes, and more ways to engage with me and my work. If you're not already, find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is the same on both platforms, thatwitchfromwork. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a thumbs up, a five-star rating, and share it with your friends and family.